and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Good morning, church. How are you all? All right. Well, uh, I've really been enjoying uh, the messages coming out this year in the um, theme of the third space, not just in the areas of responsibility within your life, uh, of family, and then also for uh, your uh, profession, um, but also then these gaps that are in between that, the, the glue between it, the times that you have by yourself, not to be busier, but just to embed them with a lot more meaning and being intentional about those, those moments that you do have by yourself, uh, whether you're a mum, whether you're driving to work, however that looks. Um, and so today I, I wanted to share a few thoughts. They come out of Genesis 28, but um, I'm going to call this one Moments and Monuments. I think the guys have my slides. Oh, there we go. Moments and Monuments. And I found that um, there's, uh, the art of life is somewhere in between the two. That, uh, and, and sometimes we have this natural kind of bent that some of us like we, we err more towards moments and then other people prefer uh, to, their, their lives to be built more towards the monuments. Um, but I find that it's the, life is actually the, the dance between the two. Sometimes you're in a great moment uh, and sometimes that you, you've got great plans. Some, some people are those kind of just, they, all they do is they just hunt a great moment. Woo! You know, and it's, it's all, whether it's in uh, the, the substances that they put in their body or the experiences, you know, and, and it's all about, oh, let's just go over here. I think something's going to feel good here and then go over there. And then other people are all just like monuments. It all has to be absolutely permanent and has to be serious and it has to be built with plans. Um, but not, they're not necessarily the most fun people to be around. And yet that's important. You know, and then a lot of aspects of life, whether it's family, whether it's business, whether it's your own enjoyment uh, or plans or your walk with God, um, I find that there's something uh, between the two that we both need to enjoy moments and then we also need to start cultivating monuments. And so we're going to start in Genesis chapter 28 and uh, verse 10. And it, and it says this and it's talking about Jacob and he's, he's looking for a wife. He's actually been sent out. He's realized his dad didn't want him to uh, marry one of the local birds uh, you know, because they weren't, uh, they didn't have the same kind of beliefs, you know what I mean? So he's like, hey, you can do that, son. I know they're super fine, but uh, the, the, the standards of our families and things like that, you should actually go and find a wife somewhere else. And so he is journeying in a, in a difficult place, in a, uh, you know, an out-of-town place, as in he's in the wilderness, so to speak, on the way to find a godly wife. Okay, and that's that context that we're coming into in verse 10. And it says this, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. And so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he laid down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven. And there, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And verse 15. No, is there one before that? That's it. 
Uh, verse 15 says, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. And that's the end of the scripture. I got a little uh, prop just to help us visually. And while I do that, I got uh, a couple of lovely assistants here that's, that's going to hand out to everybody a stone. You don't have to use this one as a pillow, but just something you can hold in your hand while we're preaching about this. Uh, instead of your iPhone, I'm going to give you an eye stone this morning. Please don't throw it at each other. That was super awkward. That's actually a mum's feeding room now, apparently. I'm not joking. My apologies. But it was a storeroom. Sorry. How are we doing? Are people getting their stones? Now, what I find interesting here is, so he's out there in the wilderness. He's literally using, it says he puts a stone up, you know, at, at, at his head. I don't know if he used it as the bed head or the actual pillow. But I have never used a stone as a pillow. No matter how hard life's been and no, no matter how, you know, tight and, and strained and difficult it's been, I've never gone, I'm in the desert or I'm in the wilderness, I'm just going to grab a stone. Uh, I don't know about you. But so this is a difficult place for him. And so he goes to sleep. It's already after dark. He goes to sleep with this, this stone and, uh, you know, at his head. And then in the morning, like, and then he has this dream that God is like doing his stuff, you know, like a uh, ladder and it's all happening and angels like flying everywhere. And then he wakes up and the same difficult place. He's like, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And I want to tell you this morning that that is exactly the same as your life. You think it doesn't feel like God's there. And yet, He's there. And you're going to get an understanding of His presence in your life. And you're going to go, surely the Lord is in this place. I did not even know it. Maybe he's, you're, you're, you're criticizing, you're whinging about your family, whinging about your job, whinging about your church, I don't know, whinging about something in your life. And then and, and all of a sudden, there's going to be a gratefulness that's going to come out of your heart. There's going to be a perspective change. And suddenly, you're going to say, surely the Lord was in this. Surely the Lord was in my car and I did not even know it. I was hating on it. And suddenly, I realized it's a blessing. There's something that's going to happen in our life. And this is the dance between moments and monuments we order stone. Not yet. They're happening. The girls are getting around. I just wanted you to feel how hard, because even when we talk about stuff on Sunday, we don't, it's quite intangible. We don't really realize. When you feel how hard a stone is, and you're like, man, I don't want to use that as a pillow. The very hardship he was going through, he ended up using as an altar 
as a pillar towards the Lord that he anointed. The very difficulty that he faced, the very thing that epitomized the hard moment for him that he said, this is just, I'm already tired, it's already dark, stuff it. Goes to sleep. And in the morning, he's like, wow, this is literally, he literally says, I'm going to call this Bethel, the house, this is the house of God. I'm in the wilderness, there's a random stone, but I'm going to anoint it. And, uh, and I'm going to call this the, the, the house of God. And then he said, and, and God, if you bless me, that you're going to clothe me and feed me. He said, I'm even going to give a tenth to you. As in, he's in the middle of nowhere and he has a moment with God. And then what's his response? I'm actually going to not just have a moment, a fleeting moment and go, whoo, this was good. Oh, well, where's God next? I'm going to chase him over here. And then I'm going to, I think, oh, oh no, I feel he's over here. Oh, I think there's an oasis over there. He didn't do that. He said, I had a moment with God, and now I'm going to create a monument. And then he said, but this is the difference that we, ha- we see. And some people, they go, I'm going to, I'm going to create a monument. And there's uh, denominations that have created monuments. And so they've built the building, but there's no one in them. You know what I mean? You might say, oh, I want the car. And this is, a, a, if you want a subtitle for the title, I call this Cars, Scars, and Guitars. <laughs> Come on. You know, a, a, a guitar is a monument. Right? It's something tangible. It's there. It looks awesome. We can like, ah, but the power in it is actually having moments where you actually pick it up. How much cooler? It's cool there. But if I pick that up, I am like way cooler now. And if, and if I build moments with this thing, with my monument, if I build moments into it, it's supposed to be enjoyment for people for decades to come. Sorry, I don't want to hurt anything here. So there's monuments of things, but then we've got to fill them with moments. A fridge is a monument. Beautiful, frost-free, 750 liters. You know, someone come to your house, they're like, wow. They want to worship that thing. Wow, it's amazing. But if you haven't put any moments with that, if you haven't filled it with food, they're going to go, that's a fantastic monument. Open it up and go, hey, what? Oh, sorry, mate. Uh, I just haven't shopped for the last month. Suddenly, all the fun just drains straight out of that monument. You know what I mean? It's got to be filled with moments that when we can take them out and enjoy it and have celebrations and have people over. And so there's this dance between everything, everything uh, uh, temporal and then everything that sort of seems permanent. And it's this dance between the moments and the monuments. And so I love here that Jacob, he doesn't just have a moment with God and go, that's it, cool, I'm going to continue to be a spiritual hippie. He goes, no, this was amazing. God's presence was here. This just totally you know, revolutionized how I saw this moment. But now I'm not only going to just build a monument, not going to just build something here and say, I'm going to declare this to be the house of God. But then he said, I'm going to give tenth. Well, if all you bless me with God, I'm going to give a tenth to it. I mean, this is scripture. And this is not, like, people are freaking out about the law here. People are freaking out about all this kind of stuff. This is some guy in the desert. No one's around. He's not trying to obey some church thing. You know what I mean? There's no one even around there to make him look good. He's literally out there hunting a wife. Desperate. And see, this is something that I realized out of this scripture is that monuments, there's maintenance to monuments. You want to get the cool car that everyone's going to impress, be impressed by? That's great, but then there's maintenance. Who knows there's maintenance on the car? There's maintenance on a church. You can, it's maintenance on a family. You can say, I want the house, and we get the house, but then if the family fragments and falls apart because of the pressure of the house, because of the pressure of the moment, uh, of the monument, then it, everything, the whole meaning associated with that has evaporated. But then there's people that are like, oh, you know, no, it's not. And I used to be this, as a younger guy, I was like, I'm not going to work my whole life for a house. I just want to, like, enjoy the moment. And then I realized 
me enjoying a moment ended up me sleeping on other people's couches and renting. You know what I mean? And this is the thing, you cannot escape moments and you cannot escape monuments. If you think you can, you, a moment starts to pull itself towards a monument. You have a great moment with God, you want to establish something. You have a great moment with, uh, on a date, you want to establish something more permanent with that person. You know what I'm saying? And then monuments, they're pulling themselves towards moments. They're like, yeah, a church could have been built, but then it's like, man, we want this full of people and to the glory of God. Or a household doesn't want to be empty. Uh, there's maintenance to the monument. You could build the house and say, this was perfect. This was exactly what our family wanted. But 30 years on, people could say, um, needs a little bit of maintenance. And you're like, no, 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 it was perfect. Our family memories are here. You're like, yeah, but it needs a vacuum. Yeah, but the plush pile, 70s carpet, they probably could do with a Renault, you know. Nothing was wrong with it. But there's maintenance to a monument in our life. I just wanted us to, uh, to, to look into this tension, the dance between both of them today. Because I think it's important. And I'd love you at some point in your life to get the revelation that surely the Lord is in your life. He is looking after you, and you maybe didn't even know it. From pillows to pillars. I know that's cheesy, but I like it. Jacob, one night, he's sleeping on that thing. The next thing, that is the house of God. It's a pillar. And he said, because what, is that? what do monuments do? They remind us of something that happened. There's a, a, just doing dictionary definitions here. A moment is a brief, indefinite interval of time, a specified point in time that is gratifying or noteworthy, a particular point of importance, influence, or significance in a series of events or developments. A monument is a structure such as a building or sculpture erected as a memorial, an outstanding, enduring achievement, an exceptional example. It's a type of structure that was explicitly created to commemorate a person or an important event or which has become important to a social group as part of their remembrance of historic times or cultural heritage or as an example of historic architecture. The term monument is often applied to buildings or structures that are considered examples of important architectural or cultural heritage. A statue, it starts with moments. You know what I mean? It starts with someone chiseling and all that, but it becomes something permanent, but then you've got to clean it. There's all rules about monuments. You know what I mean? Uh, you can, there can be an Anzac monument there, which is in honour of the sacrifice made, but who knows? Someone's got to clean it. Someone's got to clean the, the pigeon stuff off it. You know what I mean? And, you, and if you erode, if you, you vandalise a monument to your own peril, I mean, there's, there's rules about that. If you go up and cut the arm off a bronze statue, I mean, you watch out, not only laws against you, but also society will be against you because you've denigrated just a monument. It's a chunk of rock. It's a chunk of, of bronze. But the meaning attached to that, there's something powerful about. And your life's the same. You build monuments and they're important to you. They're powerful. They might not mean anything to anyone else, right? But that teddy means a lot to Josh, doesn't it? Yeah, like. <laughs> but you've got, we've, got, we've all got that kind of stuff. We've got something that it's important to us. Because we know the sacrifice it took. 
We know the time, we know the pain, we know the cost, uh, we know the personalities involved, we want to honour that. Uh, but someone else is the same. You know, they, they might not see the same value in it. And that's why it's important, important for us to, to understand. See, a lot of us don't think we have monuments in our life, but we've got things like trophies. You know what I mean? You won under 10, 100 metres. You won the under 12 rugby league Noosa district, whatever that is. And you've got that trophy. But it's not what it's made of. I mean, it's not made of actual gold. Sorry to burst anyone's bubbles here if they've got the trophies and <laughs> thinking they're valuable. You know, it's just plastic. It's not what the actual trophy's made of, but it's what it means. Imagine someone who has a, a cabinet full of trophies. <clears throat> And you think, mate, they're important. Well, you go a little closer and you realise there's absolutely no engraving on any of them. You're like, dude, what, what's with this? He's like, oh, I bought them. <laughs> I noticed everyone around that is important had these big achievements, so I just thought, that's easy, fantastic. I bought them. You would think, mate, you've missed the entire point of a trophy. Without meaning a trophy or a monument, it's just tacky. It's really weak and awkward. It's a weird, it's a weird self-esteem booster. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> so it's meaning attached to things that don't necessarily have inherent value, but they're powerful and they're a powerful reminder to you. You might have won the, you know, the, the, the whatever, the athletics competition 10 years ago. No one cares. Seriously, they don't. But do you know what? You should. Because it's, we're probably now middle-aged and slightly overweight. And if we remembered, rather than the empty story about, you know, I used to be age champion, under 17. It's like, yeah, mate, you actually relive the, the, the moment and then get back on your bike, lace up your boots and actually become a better person. Remind yourself who you are. See, these monuments aren't to remind us of someone else. They're to remind us of us. Your family, your house, your car, your trophy cabinet, your bookshelf. It's to remind you of who you really are that you've forgotten about. You don't. You think you're someone average. You think you're someone that's, that's sinning and that's missing God's best. And you think that. But you know what? I'm here to remind you this morning that you're not. Yeah, surely the Lord is in your life and you may just have forgotten. You think, oh, I'm, I'm behind it. But no, surely the Lord is in your life. For the fed you last week and you didn't think that had happened. That crazy electricity bill that you were scared of got paid. You know what I mean? These things happen and you forget and you move on with life. And sometimes we have built a monument to our mistakes and done nothing about that, and rather than build monuments to God's glory. You know what I mean? Well, you, and, and we do that to other people. I'm holding this against you. Mate, it was 10 years ago that someone stuffed up and did something. But we want to build a monument to them about how bad they are. We shouldn't be doing the opposite. It was just a moment. It was a moment of difficulty. It was a moment where someone said something they shouldn't. You know what I mean? Aren't we supposed to be um, like Christians that we forgive and... You know, and to God's glory, say, hey, mate, I remember if someone is living less than they should, you know, I mean, just say, hey, mate, I remember, you know, you used to speak fantastic words into my life to encourage me in the things of God and tell me when I was being an idiot. And I just want to thank you for that. <laughs> Sorry, Barry's ready to throw the stone. Let's, build, let's not build monuments to the wrong things. Let's build monuments to God's greatness in your life, in your bookshelf. There's, there's a, bookshelf, a monument full of godliness and wisdom on your bookshelf. And you haven't read it. 
You know what I mean? I see this in, like, in conferency things, church conferences. Everyone loves to go to church conferences. I think they're great. Um, and it's a moment. You get there and you have this impacting time. You hear from God and then uh, they coke and fries you. You know what I mean? They, they sell you the, the conference pack where you buy all the sessions and you never listen to it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a monument. You've got that thing. Yes, 96, I was at the Believers Convention. You know what I mean? Awesome. But you know what? If you actually create another moment with that thing and listen to it again, the best book you can read this year, it's already in your bookshelf. You know what I mean? I've done that. I've actually literally been online to like look at buying a book. I'm like, yeah, I want to buy that. And God said to me, mate, it's already there. It's already actually in that pile of books in your bookshelf. I'm like, but I want to buy it. And he's like, no, no, just do the work and read it. We know people, all of us, we have. At times, we err on one side or the other. And yet that moment, you've seen people with church, they, they, they get dis- discouraged or they disagree and they, they say the church is not the answer, so they leave. But the first thing they want to do after they have a few weeks off and chill out and then get bored is to start gathering with other people. You know, I mean, it, it's natural. It's just natural. It's normal. that we, If we just want moments, they will start to pull themselves towards a monument and to establish. And if we just want uh, monuments, like the, the, the denominations that have built fantastic church buildings right across the nation are now desperate for moments. And people fill them with moments. They buy them and make cafes in them and cool houses and all kinds of stuff like this. Why? Because one can't exist without the other. And some of us, we've been trying to do the either or. We've been trying to do my life is permanent and everything has to be permanent, but but you're you're missing out with your daily walk with God. There's other people that just want to be spiritual hippies, and yet they're establishing nothing of permanence. And actually, the the very... uh, message of their life is that that nothing works that nothing that you know what i mean everything's different and it's somewhere in between where we have an amazing moment where we have an experience but then we start to build build into that but at the same time understand that it's not all about the polished trophy but it's about new experiences new adventures new glories in god and, I, and I, again this is uh, not science like it's not you don't get this right you just you just be aware of some of these dynamics and then you see it in yourself and the tendencies and then start to strengthen. If you're too boring, have some moments. <laughs> if you're too scattered, start to build a little bit more permanently. That's all. That's all. With yourself, with your family, with your walk with God and your spirituality. You know what I mean? If you just oh, I just don't read the Bible, I just pray. However I'm feeling. No structure. That's fine. But not, how, can it, how can people follow that? How can that be developed around discipleship? But then if someone's like, you just, you know, I read the Bible every day, an hour, and then I pray every day, an hour, boom, and that's it. You're like, well, there's something beyond that too, where God directs you and the power of his spirit invades your day and interrupts a moment. You know what I mean? And a friend says a word that was outside of your prayer time, but it's still God. You know what I mean? The relationships in your life. Pillows to pillars. There's a quote, I love this, if we, I, we can get it up. It's the T.S. Eliot, from, uh, he's a dead guy that said some really great things. It says this, We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and to know the place for the first time. We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. I'm doing that, literally, these days. Grew up in these very streets and then been away for a ton of years. 
uh, and then coming back and, and, and finding things for the first time, realising things for the first time. You know, realising there's land north of Koroi. I never knew there were, I thought that was the end of the earth. There's actually people live out there. Where are you trying to get to? We've always got this destination disease. It's like when I, do, when I get the house, when I get the car, when I get the kids, when I get the wife, when I get, we get 40, when I get the millionaire stat, and when I get somewhere, then I will become. You know what I mean? But the Harley Davidson quote is, the journey is the destination. The journey is the destination. Yeah, you want to get, some, you want to, get to 80, but it's the journey. If I said, great, you can, be, you can be 80, you can be 100, 120 right now, and there you go, there's a millionaire, you've got a great family, fantastic. Uh, but you, you check out tomorrow. <laughs> Is that an exciting destination? No. You'd be like, no, uh, uh, no, 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 no. Actually, let's rally back. And uh, yes, I know there'll be struggles and there'll be strains and difficulties, but I'd rather be younger. Yeah? The journey's the destination. Yeah, it's hard. This is not some candy-coated thing where life is cute and God just dances down and kisses you on the forehead every time you have a, a depressive, stressing moment. You know, life is, is going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. But that's the, it's the richness and joy of it too. You don't, you don't want to avoid it. You don't want to avoid life. And you don't want to just get to the finish line. You don't want the bronze statue of you saying, there's Ian here, lived a fantastic life. No, 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 no. And then you, your family get on with life. No, no, no. You want to live life with them. You know, and some of us want to be monuments in our family. But it, it requires turning up more than once every 10 years. You know what I mean? If I wanted my kids to sing my praises and think I'm the biggest hero in their life, but I just clock in once every 10 years for dinner, and then I'm upset that I'm not a monument of masculinity and heroism, you know, I've got to add some moments into that journey. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm like, like kids, we're just going to live in the combi for the next 50 years then that, there, there can be tensions around that. Fantastic adventures. I've done it. I've done the, you know, traveled around, done some, it's fantastic. Don't, don't want to not have done that. Um, but at some point, people want to build a little bit too. And I just want to tell you today that that's right. It's normal. But some of us haven't understood or we haven't, I guess, articulated how this plays and intersects the jigsaw puzzle of life. And so we've wondered why we haven't either... Uh, been as fulfilled as we wished or we're just disappointed with the results and somewhere in this dance which is between you and God you're going to work out between moments and monuments the third space where you're doing a bit of both having some great times with people but you're also building a great robust godly life yeah you're going on adventure but you've also got a home base you go on a holiday but you've got somewhere to get come back to (laughs) not permanently on someone's couch you know it's great to borrow, I'm in need, it's great to borrow a car when you need one, but it's great to have one yourself as well. <laughs> and not always be on the, uh, you know, on the take or on the borrow or all that kind of stuff. You see what I'm saying? In Hebrews chapter 6, Verse 9, it says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Uh, and the, the, the heading in my Bible around this was called the perils of uh, progress. Progress, the perils of it. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner, 
For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Faith and patience. Faith, the moment, the belief where it's, you know, there's the push, there's the muscle used to exercise something, to shift something, but then the patience to endure it, the patience, the consistency. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. It's not by just being fantastic on the first date and impressing someone, but you've got to back that up with some patience and some consistency. And then you inherit the promises. Great business idea, but then it's, it's followed by five years of a lot of hard work. That's not saying don't do it. It's just saying just be aware of it. That a great person of faith needs to support their life with patience. When you're, when you're someone of faith, don't be so impetuous and ready to jump onto something else. Actually earth out the idea a little longer, perhaps. Scars, cars, and guitars. We've seen guitars, how we need to build it with moments, but it's something of a monument that, uh, that can, can actually bless our life for decades to come. And then at any moment, we can jump in and enjoy that and bless others. A car is the same. The same dream that you stepped out in by faith to receive one day. That's my dream car. 15 years on, you're like, it feels like a curse now. The very thing that was a blessing. You know, I mean, there's time frames to some of these things. Scars is the same. That we're, It's something that we've hurt. It's, we've bled. It, we've been injured. Sometimes we're embarrassed by the scar tissue. But, you know, the very presence of a scar means you're not still bleeding. Like it's there's healing happening. You know what I mean? It's, it's, there's a great story attached to that. Yeah, it was an experience, but if you didn't, if, you, if there was no scar tissue over that, then you would still be in a really bad way. So it's healing. There's a lifetime ahead. There's some great battles that happened. Not saying they didn't hurt. Not saying you're not still limping from it, but you're still here. You've still got a chance to do something else. I want to finish on this scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And if I could get uh, the team to come, that'd be great. Ecclesiastes 9 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. There is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. But time and chance happen to them all. Time and chance happen to us all time and opportunity you've got a chance to do something you've got an opportunity you've got time you've got a, a, a something to do you've got time on your side and you've got an opportunity to do something about it make a change with something that's already in your power and your possession and to so all these things even even something permanent in our life that we want to establish a great godly life ahead and help other people and be a great service to you know mankind and to our family and friends but it starts with a moment and that's where i think there is such a power in moments i'm not trying to say that everything should be a a monument not everything should be permanent something happens that quick change happens that quick and everything happens and it starts in a moment and it can change in a moment someone a, a car accident or winning the lottery things like that in a moment a person's life can change and it's a moments that are what life is made up of and what i've found is some people hold off from becoming who they want to be because they're scared they can't maintain that for 10 years 50 years 
But what I want to tell you today is practice being who you want to be for a moment. Just a moment. I'm not ready to give up that thing yet. But yeah, but maybe you could pluck up the courage and do it for a day. Don't worry about if you can hold it up. Don't worry about if you can keep stopping and never doing that thing again. Eating that thing, drinking that thing, smoking that thing, breathing that thing, looking at that thing. Just, just for a moment. Just, just for a moment, say, I'm going I'm to act and I'm going to become and I'm going to believe and I'm going to pray and I'm going to declare just in a moment what I believe God's promises are for my life. The amazing thing that happens when you do that is you become someone different for a moment. And then you just do it again. And then you just do it again. And when, what happens is you might, have, you might come unglued, you might have a bit of a bumpy ride, but then you start stringing some moments together and you start feeling the changes that happen with that. And that change, or if you want to get churchy, repentance, the change of direction, a change of mind, a change of heart, the metanoia, that kind of stuff just starts to happen moment by moment by moment. You might have been a mongrel, but you can wake up today and just for a moment be someone polite and nice. It can actually start to change. Can I pray for you this morning as we close? Father God, thank you so much, Lord. We're grateful, Lord, for time and opportunity. Lord, we're thankful for the moments that we've had with you, Lord, that we've seen your glory. God, we've seen your creation. We know that you're real and you're alive and you love us. God, there's a whole life ahead. There's a lot of years past, missed opportunities, enjoying uh, times that have been. But Father, I thank you, Lord, today that God, in everyone that's in the sound of my voice, Lord God, that we can wake up today and say, this is the day that you've made. I do rejoice. I celebrate who you are today and who I am in you. God, that uh, all of our, our understanding, God, I thank you that it's fresh today, Lord, as we, we focus on you. We're grateful for the life we have. We're thankful, Father God, for Jesus, all that he paid, the sacrifice he made, Lord. He didn't sit back, but he, he paid the price, Lord God. Father, that we can walk in newness of life with you. Lord, we're grateful for that. Lord, every person in this room, Lord, I thank you that they've got great moments ahead to enjoy. Lord, with your guidance and wisdom and the friends and family and people around their life. But God, I thank you that as the years progress, that those fantastic, uh, full, robust, godly lives, they build into monuments to your glory, God. That, that, that someone think of them or their family or their name be said, Father God. And what that builds in someone else is, wow, that God is real. Lord, that Jesus loves them. God, that there's greater days ahead and that uh, there's always something new and something fresh to grab hold on in the kingdom of God. And so, Father, I thank you for the people here. Lord God, the people in this room, Lord God, that, uh, that as you speak to them this week, God, you guide them in what they're, uh, that the nudge, the holy nudge that they need, Lord. All of us need just to either... Enjoy yourself a bit more, reach out into a moment, or start building into areas that maybe we haven't so far. Father, we thank you for that, Lord. And just like Jacob, we can say, surely the Lord is in this place. We didn't even know it. Surely the Lord is in our lives, Father God. And maybe we didn't know it or we didn't appreciate it. But God, we do today. Lord, as a people right now, we appreciate, we declare you are in our life. You are in our household. You are in our future. You are in our present. And Father, we are grateful for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's stand. We're going to go out singing this morning. And uh, look, if, you, if you've got a belief in God, but you haven't never done anything about it, or if you want prayer straight after service, come down the front here. We'd love to pray with you, uh, share with you, hear a bit more about your journey, and uh, do whatever we can as a church to see you on that way. Sound good?
All right, let's go out singing. Thanks, church.